When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready for some scolding hot takes? Talking Vikings with Dane Misutani and Chase Frederick. This is Inside Purple and Gold. All right, back for segment two of the Inside Purple and Gold podcast. Minnesota Vikings talk preseason game two. If you are enjoying this, please like, subscribe, follow this podcast on any platform in which you are listening to it. Dane, other takeaways from last night's game? I mean, it was ugly for sure, but you know, it was primarily ugly because of the quarterback position, and I feel like we went pretty deep into that there. Looking at other areas of the game, though, maybe what stood out to you? Uh, there's one person that stood out because sure. everyone else kind of sucked last night. Like There were snapshot moments from certain guys, right? Like a Caleb Evans was good. He he's a he's a rookie cornerback. He he was thrust into kind of a, a spotlight role with 27 players sitting out and Andrew Booth Jr. suffering an ankle injury. Looked like a knee injury at the time. It's an actually an ankle injury, so Vikings fans can kind of breathe a sigh of relief. Looks like Andrew Booth Jr. will be fine um in the grand scheme of things. Um, Caleb Evans stood out. I think he led the team in tackles. Brian Asamoah, we talked about him a little last week, I think off the air. I mean, you were just texting about him. The dude just flies around. He's a rookie linebacker. Um, but I, I won't get too deep into the weeds about these guys that if things go right this season, probably shouldn't be playing. One guy that maybe could play this year and could play a role. And I'm not saying he should play a huge role, but this guy continues to pop every time you see him. T.Y. McGill, he's an eighth-year player, undrafted back in 2015 from, I think, started his career with the Seattle Seahawks and has played for, like, nine teams ever since. Like, just is the constant NFL or the consummate journeyman who gets cut, gets signed by a practice squad, sees a game here or there, gets cut. Now he's on another practice squad, gets cut again. Well, the Vikings signed him to their practice squad last year, kind of late in the in the season. And, and Quasey, when he got hired, gave this man a contract, like said, okay, we, we, we want him to be a part of the team, at least in some way, shape or form. We want to see what he's about. So that was back in March when Quasey got hired that, that T Y McGill got his contract with the Vikings. And I'm going to be honest, I had no idea who this guy was at the time. I, I think it, he will always go down as the first player Quasey signs in, in his tenure with the G as the Vikings GM. His first ever signing is T.Y. McGill. So when that news breaks in March, like who is this guy? But all he's done through two preseason games is be the best player on the defense. And I, I'm not saying that like tongue-in-cheek. Like he has been. Like they haven't played their starters, and T.Y. McGill has popped every time you've seen him. Last night against the 49ers, he had finished with one and a half sacks. He was all around the field. There was a play early in the game where it was actually just kind of a bad play by, by the San Francisco quarterback. He just like didn't have the the count correct. 
but T.Y. McGill was able to time up the count, and he was in the backfield basically as soon as the, as the ball was snapped, forced a fumble, and, and that was a turnover. So that wasn't even a sack, and he was making plays that were disruptive. He wrecked a lot of plays last night, and he's someone who I think continues to show that not only does he deserve a spot on the 53, he might deserve a spot in the rotation. And it is one of those things where sometimes we see in preseason games, hey, guys have you know, a stand-up performance here or there, but then it's like, okay, that's not what they've done in camp. Um, you know, and you can step up and make a play and that's notable when the lights are on or whatever. But if you haven't been putting together a good camp, good practices one after another, it just doesn't mean as much. It's not going to hold as much weight in the eyes of the coaching mm-hmm. staff. That's not the case with T.Y. McGill. You can tell that in the way Kevin O'Connell talks about him. Last night he goes, yeah, he's one of the guys that flashed to me. He obviously wrecked multiple plays. It's the plays that don't register on the stat sheet. When you see him exploding through the line, forcing the back to bounce. Um, and he, it, O'Connell then said after that, like he's had a good camp and flashed in both games. Um, it's really cool to see a guy like that, you know, understand the outcome he may have and ultimately capitalize on it with performances like tonight. Like they're clearly very happy with him and what they've gotten from him. Yes. In the two preseason games, but also on a daily basis. Um, so you can tell they're comfortable with him. I think they'd be comfortable. Hey, somebody goes down. He's got to play a bigger role. I think you're right. He's maybe going into the rotation as guys need, you know, a break here or there throughout. Um, and it'll be interesting to see when those opportunities do come in the regular season. Is there still an impact made? Is he somebody where it's like, maybe he found something, Um, you know, maybe he figured something out um, to where he is now just a better player, not like a game breaker, but just a better player who can contribute um, on a week to week basis and not just against second stringers, but against another team's best. Um, So that'll, that'll be interesting to see, but I totally agree with you. Like he was great again. It's one of those things where he's becoming almost like the new cult hero for minnesota vikings fans Mm -hmm. because you're watching all these terrible performances and then he like catches your eye and it's like wait this dude's not atrocious um t.y mcgill yeah what's his story uh so those are fun to see and he's certainly making his impact felt other downsides maybe last night in there amir smith marset i want to talk about him in a good way later uh but here's a guy who punt returning doesn't have much experience with it minnesota seems to really be trying to shoehorn him into that role like come on, like, don't be terrible. We want you as our punt returner. We want mm-hmm. you in the return game. We want to utilize your speed. Fumbles last night has had drops throughout camp. At some point, Dane, can you really, like, don't you have to kind of veer away from this because you can't have him fumbling the ball, muffing punts, whatever the case may be in regular season game where that can literally and often is the difference between a win and a loss. No, you can't have that. And you feel bad because you can tell, like, just talking to Amir Smith-Marset, he wants to do well. Like, he, he's like, they're giving me this opportunity. Like, I really want to take advantage of it. I believe he has, like, the, the dynamic, like, ability in the open field. If he does, whenever he does touch the ball, I think he's a guy who is a threat to take it to the house because sure. of his speed. But here's the thing about being a punt returner in the NFL. That's not your job. Like, yes. Would every team want to have a Devin Hester on their team? Yeah. Like everyone would want a guy who every single time they touch a punt return, they can, they can house it. The most important job as a punt return in the NFL is to catch the ball and not, not just to catch the ball to make sure that it's not an adventure every time you have to catch the ball. Okay. And that just sounds so simple. Like, well, obviously, but like, Watch Amir Smith Marset. And I don't want to harp on the guy too much because like to his to be fair to him, he's never done this. Right. He, he didn't do it in college. He, he's he what he told me last week was 
well, yeah, I worked on it in practice, but they never let me do it during games. Well, it's totally because like, yeah, it's just different when things are moving hundred miles an hour. He's never done it. He didn't do it in college. He hasn't done it in the NFL. Granted, he's only in his second year. Maybe there's growth there. Maybe at some point he can, he can be someone who you feel comfortable with, you know, as the punt returner. But every time you watch him right now, it's like, is he going to catch this? Like, is he going to muff this? Even the game against the Raiders last week, AJ Cole, Pro Bowl punter. So, like, credit to him. Amir Smith Marset was like 10 yards in front of where the punt landed because he couldn't judge it <laughs> off the foot. Right. And, like, I guess sometimes, like, as a, you just tip your hat to the other punter, and I'm like, yeah, that was a good punt. But he was so, like, far away from the ball, and it's because he wasn't able to judge that thing right away and get under it. Same thing last night. Like he get at least he caught it this time, but he was so excited when he caught the ball that he made the first guy miss again. Great thing, and then forgot to tuck it. Like high and tight, bud. Like that's all you need to do. If you're the punt returner in the NFL, you should just catch the ball, make one cut, try and gain like five or six yards, maybe seven, eight, get down let the offense get on the field. It's not about you. You know who made a career out of this? Marcus Sherrill. Right. He was one of the best punt returners in Minnesota Vikings history. And it's not because he had a Devin Hester-like impact. Like, yeah, he had seasons where he took a few back to the house and, you know, had his moment in the sun or whatever. But the reason Marcus Sherrill's consistently made the team, the joke was like, Marcus Sherrill's is like a cockroach. He can't die. Right. He was always like the 52nd, 53rd man to make the team. Because you could rely on him to catch the ball. He wasn't going to muff it. He was going to get you like six or seven yards. He was going to let your offense get on the field. The Vikings Dane, have not had someone since then. Dane, the guy was like, they did not want to play him in the secondary. Marcus Sherrill was like, they, you could tell. like it, it would. The roster was ravaged when Marcus Sherrill was finally getting like secondary snaps. He was literally on the team to catch a punt. Um, and I think a lot of NFL coaches, if it's like, hey, would you sign up for a punt returner who's going to fair catch everything? Um, and is just yes. going to make the right decisions as far as when to let a ball bounce inside the tent and when to fair catch it. That's all they're going to do. You're not going to get any return yards all season. They would say, yes, absolutely. No muffs for sure. Um, and that's all you're looking for. And like you said, I think you were getting to this point when I cut you off. If Smith Marset, if I was watching him take reps in practice and they're not putting him in the game to do so, they probably saw the same thing. And if it's not good enough for the University of Iowa, why is it good enough for the Minnesota Vikings? And, hey, I'm all for experimenting. Like, hey, we see this guy. He's got speed. We think there could be something there in the return game. It could be a big boost for us on special teams. Give it a shot for sure. But now there's enough evidence. Like, we've seen it. This can't be the plan heading into the regular season. You've got to get somebody else, um, maybe who has a pedigree doing it at this point because the time for experimentation is over. Um. Do you have any names on the current roster where you think, okay, that guy could do it? And, you know, it's not it's not like a, a big flashy name. It's not going to be, lead to these insane results, but should be solid if that guy's back there. Yeah, here's my theory. And it's funny because, like, Amir Smith-Marset is probably not going to be the punt returner when, this, when the season starts. But the other name that's the backup punt returner on their depth chart, and the depth chart in the preseason is so silly. Worthless, like, yeah. It's not really the depth chart. But right now, the second punt returner is Jalen Naylor. And he was worse than Amir smith set last night because yeah. there was one ball that he could have just – it was like a sky ball punt. And it, I think it touched down at like the 12. 
and Jalen Naylor had a ton of time to go get under it, and yep. he just ran away from the ball. And it was like, fire, fire, fire. Everyone scatter, even though I probably should have caught this ball. That ball rolled down to the one-yard line. Yep. And it's like, it, it. all you have to do is catch it. Catch it. So at least, I mean, Marset fumbled, but at least he caught the ball. At least he knew where it was going. Jalen Naylor had no idea where that ball was. Who do I think is going to be the punt returner on the team this year? My theory is that it's going to end up being KJ Osborne. He did it as a rookie last year. They had DD Westbrook. So KJ Osborne right. wasn't needed. Um, I don't think they're going to bring DD Westbrook back. He's still a free agent. So like if, if that's someone like if you're just betting on long shots in Vegas, like prop bets, this is not a real bet that exists. Like who's going to be the Vikings right. returner this year. DD Westbrook would be a good money bet because he's still sitting out there. He was the punt returner last year, but Jokes aside, he's not going to be the punt returner. The Vikings have too many receivers they want to right. keep. It's already not going. too much of a depth position to bring somebody back. Yeah, and and D.D. Westbrook, frankly, wasn't that good at it last year. Like he, I guess he caught the ball, so that's good. But it's going to be K.J. Osborne, I think. I think they have tried to, to experiment with Amir Smith-Marset a little bit with Jalen Naylor because K.J. Osborne could have a big role in the offense this year. I Huge. think he's someone he's kind of flying up, flown under the radar on like a national scale, but locally people realize like this guy can ball and in, in an offense that is going to probably somewhat resemble the Rams because of where Kevin O'Connell came from. The number three receiver is important in, in that offense. And I think KJ Osborne is going to have a pretty big season this year, easily the best season of his career because of the offense he's in now. All that being said, I think the Vikings don't want their number three receiver, who could be an important part of the offensive cog, to be catching punts because it's not the safest position for your starters. There's a reason, like, superstar players don't return punts. Like, if you put Justin Jefferson back there, I'm sure you'd get a dynamic play, you know, once every, you know, 10, 15 opportunities, The Vikings just don't used, do it. The Vikings used to do it with Randy Moss in like desperate situations. Like, okay, right. we need a play here. Let's put Randy 84 back there. The Chiefs used to do it yeah. with Tyreek Hill. It's like, yep. okay, like we'll do it because we need a touchdown or we need a big play. But you don't put your starters back there because the guys can get hurt. They're flying 100 miles an hour right at you and you're just kind of alone on an island. Um, but no one's proven themselves. It's going to be KJ Osborne if I had to guess. Um, if it is Amir Smith-Marset, look out. I I think you're kind of shaking in your boots if you're a Vikings fan for, for September 11th. One thing to note, Marcus Sherrill's, he's only 34. <laughs> I'm kidding, but he's only 34 years old. Maybe he can catch some punts. It, it's definitely like if you don't value special teams as an organization – it's going to bite you. Like totally. if you don't, if you ignore this punt return of things, say, eh, it's good enough. I'm sure he'll figure it out. Like you're going to lose a game because of it. And that could again, be the reason why you missed the playoffs. It could kind of send your season off the rails. You can't have that. And um, there's too much else going on. You have to put reliable people back there. If it's KJ Osborne, just tell him, Hey, don't return it. We don't want you getting hurt doing this. We just want you catching the ball so mm-hmm. that you can get back out there for the next offensive snap. And we're not sending our defense back out there after they just got to stop. Um, I agree with you. KJ Osborne is a huge cog for this team. Even Van Jefferson had 800 yards for the Rams last year. KJ Osborne is a better player than Van Jefferson. Um, mm-hmm. And KJ Osborne, frankly, also when you have a guy like Adam Thielen, where there are injury concerns there. Um, KJ Osborne, as we saw last year, is very capable wide receiver number two. Like he's super important to what they're going to do. 
but you can't just ignore special teams. You can't um, because we've seen too many games lose too, too many teams lose too many important games because of that. So you, you have to put enough importance on it. And if all you're doing is saying KJ Osborne, go back there and fair catch the ball. I don't think you're putting him at too much risk there as far as what you are risking for potentially losing games. If you throw somebody who's so unproven and frankly proven to the wrong direction, um, like they have right now, other notes, I guess uh, you talked about boost ankle injury. That doesn't sound like anything. Um, not really much to come out of the game. No, yeah. Like no. the biggest takeaway from the game, aside from quarterbacks and, and punt return and, and T Y McGill, you, you mentioned Andrew Booth jr. I think you feel like you probably dodged a bullet there because yep. whenever a guy, it, it was a non-contact injury. Like he clearly just rolled up in his ankle. There, there was a video circulating Twitter that you could see how he kind of got banged up in the background. Um, but anytime a guy's just walking and then comes up lame, like it almost always feels like me to me, like, or some sort of soft tissue. So the fact that the Vikings got out ahead of it and announced ankle. And I saw Andrew Booth yesterday he stayed on the bench. If it's an ACL tear, you're probably going back to the locker room. Um, I saw him in the locker room yesterday, a little limp, but talking to Kevin O'Connell yesterday, it sounds like he's going to be okay. So overall, you know, I don't know. I think he he's going to be okay to, will he be ready week one? Who knows? Cause that's in like 20 days, 15 days, but he could, he, I don't think it's like anything that's going to keep him out long-term, which is good news because I think Andrew Booth is someone that the Vikings fans want to see. And I think he's someone that the coaching staff has high hopes for this year. Also coming out of last night, post-game comments, Kevin O'Connell, Irv Smith Jr. expected back on the practice field this week. That's huge. We think he's going to be a pretty big piece of this Vikings offense as well. He's another kind of game breaker. And when you can have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, and Irv Smith on the field, well, that's four legitimate threats in the passing game. Uh, Minnesota doesn't have like great options behind Irv Smith, especially not this year. Uh, it, it's important that he's back and it all indications really do seem like he's on track for week one. 